Hello and welcome to this edition of the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. I'm Melissa Zimmerman and I'm super happy that you decided to join me today. Today, you are going to be excited to meet one of my favorite people. Maybe I say that about all the people who are on my podcast, but it's really true about today. Uh, My guest today is a ministry leader. She has um, done a lot of things since I've known her, all preparing her for where she's at right now. And um, so she is a person, she and her family have decided uh, that they are choosing to give up everything to follow God. A lot of people say they will do that, but a lot of people uh, don't really mean it. And, uh, but they, re- they actually do, and they're actually living it out every day. And so today I want to introduce you to my friend, uh, Jen Crawley, and she and her husband uh, have a ministry called Pure Missions. So welcome to the show, Jen. Thanks. <laughs> I'm not only is she a, with me all the time. Not only is she a mission leader, um, she is just fun to hang out with. Uh, she does has done a lot of conferences with me in the past, and uh, so I love taking you with me when I go places. Because the one thing that you can always count on you is to bring the fun. Bring the fun. <laughs> That's me. She shenanigans. Is, she will bring the shenanigans wherever we go. And so um, so that's really cool. And you know what? The truth is everybody needs some people like you in their life. Uh, because if everybody has people like me in their life, they're very intense and very driven. And we get a lot done, but we might not have very much fun along the way. And so, and we might scare everybody off. And Jen <laughs> invites people into the party by all of the fun that she brings to the party. So, uh, tell us a little bit about Pure Missions. Um, Pure Missions. Well, it started about a year ago in October. Um, a girlfriend and I had gone to Haiti. And right before we decided to go on our trip, we actually met each other um, on a mission trip to Haiti in 2013. And we just decided that this is, we both felt this is where God was calling us and um, just kind of created pure missions. Didn't really know what that was going to be like. Um, Went on a trip last October and kind of felt like God really set that in both of our hearts. Um, And then that's changed a little over the time um, to where my family is going full-time in the ministry. So, And and your friend is not going with you to Haiti. She's not moving with us, but um, she's still um, co-founder, and she is still going to um, be back and forth. Right. And will she run the stateside uh, part of your mission, of your your ministry? Yes. She she lives in um, New Mexico now, so... um, She'll do some work there, and then we'll have some aboard here, and mainly in Oklahoma. Okay. So, I I remember I've been on a trip to Haiti with you before. You have. <laughs> <laughs> she laughs because she knows, like, you know, you have to, everybody needs to operate in their gift and their calling. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and what I found out really fast when I went to Haiti was that was probably not my gift and calling. Right. Uh, we, Haiti. You did get to use your gifts there. I did use my gifts there, but mostly every day I wondered why I went. Uh, it was hot, really hot. They have, uh, rarely do we, did we have electricity. Right. Um, nothing soft to sit on. Nothing soft to sit on. No hot water. No hot water. (laughs) And everywhere they, everywhere we went on the island or on the country, they took us in this like thing that I call a cattle truck. You know, and you had to climb into the back of the truck with a rope That's and true. jump out. 
I actually tore my meniscus jumping out of the truck once on the, one day while I was really there. Because it was really tall. And every road was bumpy and full of, full of potholes. <laughs> Let's be honest. There's nothing soft anywhere in the country of Haiti except the people. True. And the sand and, if you get to the ocean. Right. <laughs> they, I think that when we went on our mission trip, they let us go to the, to the resort one day and go to the yeah. ocean and stuff like that's because they knew we would all die if they didn't give us <laughs> a little creature comfort while we were there. This is how they get you to come back. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, nobody's ever going back. But God moved in your heart. Uh, you've traveled to more than just Haiti. Where all have you done mission trips to? Really? Um, well, Haiti, Colombia and Turks and Caicos, believe it or not, which we worked with some uh, Haitian communities in Turks and Caicos. And didn't you go to Puerto Rico? I did not. You didn't go to Puerto Rico. Okay, I was thinking that you went there. Uh, so how did you, how do you know that God is calling you to Haiti? What is, what is that like for you? Um, well, it's great to kind of, to finally know that that's what I'm supposed <laughs> to be doing. I think we go, you know, it only took 34 years. <laughs> Um, but I, I actually was on a mission trip in Colombia when I really like, I think the Lord just hit me over the head and made it super clear that I'm supposed to be in Haiti. Um, almost like asking me like, what are you doing in Colombia type mm -hmm. thing? Um, and I love Colombia. I love the organizations that we worked with there, but, um, I was actually speaking at a prison, uh, giving my testimony at a prison. And when we left there, um, on the ride home, I was seeing like Haitian faces and I was smelling things from Haiti. Like I was seeing like the scenery there. And, um, then I just, you know, heard that in my heart of I'm supposed to be in Haiti. And, um, that was about two years ago. And then about a, almost a year ago, uh, my husband started feeling the same thing. Yeah, and so you have an um, unconventional marriage, I think is what we call what you have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we better explain that before people start drawing conclusions. Yes, I um, am married to my hot mess of a husband. <laughs> Who is awesome. I love he him. He is awesome. Um, and he is one day shy of 21 years older than me. Uh -huh. um, I met him because he was in the military with my dad. And so he was a family friend for probably nine years before we even started dating. When you were a preteen. <laughs> yeah, I met him when I was a preteen. <laughs> I was very legal <laughs> when we started dating. And, uh, you know... That we we that's our joke. If you know Brett and Jen, then that's the joke of you know she married her dad's best friend and and <laughs> and they say he's the automatic favorite son-in-law. Yeah, <laughs> but but they really are. Uh, you guys are a perfect pair. Y'all, you guys are a perfect match for each other. Yeah. I don't know anybody that could be married to Brett. And I don't know you. anybody that could be married to me. <laughs> and so I think you know God. God is not necessarily. Um, bound by what we think societal True. norms say. And and Brett is a retired uh is retired from the military as a lieutenant colonel, mm -hmm. right? And um he has some um disability from his tours of duty and yep. stuff like that. And so uh can you talk a little bit about the challenges that that presents or the um but also some of the opportunities of being of him being a veteran that, that maybe helps you um as you guys move forward in in missions and things like that? Yeah, we, um, 
he struggles in all the basic areas that a veteran who's been to war struggles in, um, PTSD, anxiety, depression, all of those things. Um, I think when you're a believer that it's almost worse to struggle with those things because you know the truth and right. you know, um, you know what God says about you. And so he battles that a lot between feeling this peace, but feeling this anxiety at the same time. And it's like a, like a inward battle that, uh, he constantly struggles with. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird area to navigate. Um, I, I just finished working. I was working at the VA in the mental health clinic, which was really good. I think for our family also, um, my, everything that I've kind of done, we went through a really bad year mm -hmm. <laughs> where we visited Steve and Melissa quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> we call it the fiasco of 2017. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we went through a tough time that led me to my degree. It led me to working at the VA. Um, and your degree is? Psychology and military resilience. And so that, it, it's interesting that that fits so well with you know, just everything that you've experienced. Not only yeah. do you have, like, the educational background for military resilience, right. you also have the the practical application of living with people who um, have to live their life with the um, residue of of deployments and things like that. And mm -hmm. so um, it, it she just... How do, how do you see that that plays into how you will do ministry in Haiti? Well, I originally thought that I was, I if, to be completely honest, I originally thought I was getting this degree really to help my husband, mostly, to like learn, um, because a lot of it can be taken personally, that they, what people might do or say, can be taken, and I was taking a lot of things personally, um, and so starting that education for myself, mainly, was good just for our marriage, but then, um, what I realized is a lot of my classes were trauma-based um, counseling. And so it's just weird how that kind of opened to how that's going to fit in Haiti. I've actually been asked multiple times in Haiti uh, just to work with different organizations for trauma counseling. I mean, Haiti's probably the most resilient country I've ever seen. Um, just if you ever are bored and want to Google something, just Google the history of Haiti and all that they've been through. Um, and so they pretty much are resilient, um, and they have to be that on a daily basis. So, um, it's good to kind of have a background in that to, uh, understand that a little bit more. Right. So it's interesting because sometimes when we, I found that when God takes us, when we go on journeys, right, like we don't, we only see kind of where we're at. And maybe a few steps where we're going. The Bible says that God's word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. But it doesn't say it's a spotlight that shows us 10 years down the road, right? <laughs> and so I think it's interesting when I've watched your journey over the last few years um, to see how um, what seemed like random, unrelated events in your life, like college, mm -hmm. uh, how does that 
relate to your mission work in Haiti? How does that, you know, and so, and yet every piece of it was preparing you. If you look back now, it's easy to see that, that God was preparing you for the, the place where you would be right now. Now you're, when you go to Haiti, you're taking your husband, it's not just you and your husband, you're taking three children, three daughters. Mm -hmm. Um, tell me about how they're, what you kind of, what that, what, what that's like for your family and how you prepare your daughters to, who are your daughters or how old are your daughters? 11, 12, and 15 on Saturday. 11, 12, and 15. <laughs> and so they're, you know, they're a real formative years and, and some things like that. So uh, you had already put them in an online school, homeschool-based mm-hmm. program. So that's going to be easy for them to navigate from wherever mm-hmm. you guys live. God set that up several years before now. Yeah. Um, and, and, but they're, they're as excited to go to Haiti as you are, right? They are. We, we just got back about a, almost a month ago. Um, we took them for their first time to go to Haiti just because we didn't want their first time is when we're moving. Right. <laughs> Surprise, this is where you live. Um, we just didn't want to do that to them. And we also felt like um, that would kind of create more confirmation for us. Um, we kind of knew that our kids would love it just because if God's calling me and my husband, he's not going to leave our kids out. Right. And so uh, we kind of knew that, but we also wanted that for like a comforting for them. Um, but they love it. They talk about, um, even yesterday, our oldest daughter, well, our oldest at home was, uh, talking about, we, we walked by something and she said, Ooh, that smelled like Haiti. <laughs> and I was like the good smell or the bad smell. <laughs> Cause you never know. You never they're, know. They're pretty pungent smells that you come across. But, um, yeah, they're really excited. Um, we have some, I guess, military family. We have some pretty resilient kids. So they, um, I thought the, the hardest thing might be the heat, but I didn't really hear any complaining. And the la- when we were there, we had fans one night out of like the seven that we were there. Oh, <laughs> so, God so bless us one and all. Our, <laughs> our electricity didn't work the greatest um, and our generator kept um, shutting off. So we just didn't have consistent fans. And the last night we were there um, was the only one that we had fans and they didn't really complain. They were just like, yeah, it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> and they just kind of went on about their day. They ran into a tarantula while we were there. They didn't get... They didn't like it. They're like me, but they didn't get, that wasn't a no deal for them either. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So how exciting, um, you know, I remember when we left the um, <clears throat> stability of, you know, the day-to-day pay, the weekly paychecks, the bi-weekly mm-hmm. paychecks and said, okay, God, we really do. We're going to put our money where our mouth is and we're going to trust you to take care of us. Yeah. Um, those steps that God asks us to take in faith, um, he's always trustworthy. He's always faithful. He always does what he tells you he's yeah. going to do as long as you're following him. And uh, But have there been any kind of places where you've got to where you're like, this is like, what's one of the hardest things that, that you had? What was one of the hardest, like, leaps of faith you had to make, biggest leaps of faith? I'm usually a lot better at that <laughs> than my husband. <laughs> I am pretty much like, I'm pretty sure God told me this and I'll do it. And uh-huh. he's like, slow down. Yeah. <laughs> and like, let's actually pray about that. <laughs> um, I will just jump up and be obedient probably to a flaw um, sometimes because sometimes I have I have to be very aware if it's me <laughs> right. or if it's God. Um, but I actually just quit my job 
at the end of October, and I wasn't planning on quitting my job till, or at the end of September, until like the middle end of October, mm-hmm. um, mainly because I wanted to finish paying for this semester of school, um, and my husband was the one. So that was kind of nice change of events, right. of him being the one like, no, we need to just believe this is going to be taken care of. Um, I think right now we're probably in the hardest place of, um, we are here for two more months and just kind of floating. <laughs> right. Well, let's talk about something that, um, a lot of people, you know, by the time this actually is aired, you'll be a little bit further down the road, but right now Haiti is in a lot of, uh, turmoil. Mm-hmm. They are. And, um, so how do you think that's going to affect kind of your trip, your plans? What does that look like for you guys? Well, we're actually supposed to be back there in like a couple weeks and had a meeting this morning. That's probably going to be delayed. Um, the country is at a lot of unrest. Due just their government is pretty corrupt. Um, and right now they're on a fuel crisis. Like they aren't getting a lot of fuel into the country. I guess the government's just not releasing that into the country. So, I mean, if you don't have fuel, you're not getting to school. So schools aren't running. Uh, generators aren't running. Water pumps aren't running, so people don't have a good water source right now. Um, All of that is pretty scarce, which, you know, if that doesn't change, that'll delay our initial move. Um, But that's that's pretty much how the country's going right now. They're kind of uh, on hiatus just because desperate times. I mean, Mm -hmm. if I couldn't feed my family, I don't know what I would do. Either. I mean, luckily, they, it's usually like I'll burn some tires in the driveway, you yeah. know, a block of road that you can't get by because I want to yell at you and tell you why I'm mad, which they don't have news sources. They don't have the things that we have here in America to, like, get their point across. So they have to do these extreme measures of literally turn sideways in a road and block a road and have a parade of people going down yelling until maybe a news channel comes, records something. And then that's kind of how they get the word out. So it's not the safest place. I mean, you're definitely not going to want to ride up to those and participate in that, especially as an American, just because they might see you as kind of the way out. You right. Know? Um, but that's just, it's it's a sad representation of who the Haitian people are because they really, I mean, you can attest to that. Sure, absolutely. I mean, they are just the most loving and kind people um, and fun and they're great. They are great. They're, they're my people. They're your people, and and you know, uh, you know, it's interesting because you know they're your people. They are. You know, you're the, they are. You know, they're your people. So, um, okay. Now, thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks for sharing your heart for the Haitian people because I think that's super important. I'm super mm-hmm. excited that you're getting ready to go. Um, we certainly are supporting you. How could people pray for you if they wanted to to join you in prayer? How could they do that? Um, I think. I mean, just provision just that the lord really just shows us um where our place is we kind of know what we're going to be doing but um there's a couple different areas where that could happen um but we're really trying to hang back and let the lord show us which place and where that is so definitely there um financially it's expensive i I think that's something that people don't understand like the average haitian lives on like two dollars a day but they're literally living under a tent right. and cooking charcoal and eating rice every day. I mean, so even that is not 
nutritious enough to like last them and get them through an entire day. Um, but like running a generator and having solar and um, renting, because you have to rent from a Haitian, you can't just go and buy land there. You right. can lease it for a hundred years and then maybe buy it. Right. <laughs> I don't plan on living that long. <laughs> um, so it's all just kind of expensive and you've got to have security and things like that. So financially, we'll always take prayer in that area too. Okay. Um, so if they wanted to support your ministry, mm-hmm. how would they be able to do that? That Brett, your husband, always he has this like little one, two, three, four. The, if you could do one of these four things, right? Like he has it down to a, he has, he it, does. He does it, has it down to a science. Sadly, if I mess that up, I might hear about it later. <laughs> but um, really just like a one-time gift, become a monthly sponsor, both prayer. I think those are all of them. Right. Um, but yeah, whatever. Five, you, people, I, I think people don't understand when there's somebody in the ministry, what $5 or $10 a month can really do right. for somebody. Cause it really adds up. Um, it's, it's kind of crazy. Right. And we all think, oh, well, we don't have any extra money or, right. well, I would be embarrassed to give $5 or whatever, oh, yeah. but you know what? I'm in the, we're in the same boat you are. And we depend on people who believe in what we do and help support yeah. our ministry. And, uh, those $10 a month gifts, man, they mean just yes. as much as those people who are given a, do. you know, a one-time $1,000 gift or whatever. Yes. Um, and so how do, how would they get money to you if they wanted to support you? Um, we, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook on Pure Missions, and there's a link to our website on there. We're still, we're still in the process of creating everything. Um, just because I've been working full time and going to school full time sure. while getting ready for all of this. So, um, now that I'm home, which is kind of nice, um, we'll be able to finalize everything with our website, but there still is a link on there. Um, Facebook and Instagram. And you take it to us. PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, yeah, all of the all above. of those. Pure, they can find Pure Missions on any of those places, and I'll yeah. put a link to their. I'll put a link to your website in the show notes. Okay, and that'll help too. So um, I just want to end this with my what I call rapid fire questions. Every every person that joins me on my podcast, and I say it's time for rapid fire questions, they're like, "Oh my gosh, what's she gonna do?" But trust me. They've all survived. Okay. None of, none of them have flipped out yet. You won't be the first, you, you know, it won't happen to you either. So uh, these are just fun questions so people okay. can really get to know you. And um, they're just the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. okay. So don't, they don't have to be long and, you know, don't, right. they're not deep and theological. They're just fun, right? <laughs> so we'll start with the easy one. Are you coffee or tea? Coffee. Do you like black coffee or cream and sugar? Black, but I do like heavy whipping cream. I don't like sugar. <laughs> no sugar in your coffee? No. All right. Um, if Jesus had a candy bar, what would it be? <laughs> it wouldn't be a candy bar. It would be a lemon head. <laughs> you think Jesus needs a little sour tartness with his because <laughs> yes. he's so sweet? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> and they're pretty. That's pretty funny. It would be a lemon head. Nobody has said that before. <laughs> Um, tell me what is, um, a movie that you watch over and over. You probably know the dialogue too. Oh gosh. I was trying to think of something appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I love pretty woman. I don't think that's appropriate, but um, I, I, there's I no do. shame in our game. I, I love, love pretty, pretty woman. woman. It is. And the guy comes back for the girl. Yeah. And it's pretty funny. Woman is pretty good. It is pretty funny. Uh, what is a book that you've read more than once? 
oh gosh, that Dream Giver book that you gave me yeah. after I got home from Columbia, which was another really weird thing that happened then. Yeah. So if you haven't read The Dream Giver by uh, Bruce Wilkerson, Bruce Wilkerson? Yeah, I think that's right. That's who it is. You should totally read that. That's I make it is all the so people. Good. I make all the people who <laughs> I mentor tell me, everybody about that. Book. Everybody who mentors with me reads the dream reads the Dream Giver. It's uh, so good. It's a really good book. So we highly recommend that. Do you have a life verse? Um, probably Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. And it says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Woohoo! That's Woo. that's a good one. That's Fast. a great one. Pass that. <laughs> If you could say uh, one thing to make Jesus famous, what would you do? What would you say? He's the most fun. He's the most fun. He is. Tell me more about that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty weird. <laughs> he wants to hang out with me. <laughs> he must be pretty fun. <laughs> right. You know, I think, and I think that's, I think that's a really powerful truth yeah. because, um, you know, a lot of people only know Jesus the King. Right. And they only, know, they don't, they don't have, a lot of people get hung up in the religion versus relationship. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is fun. He is uh, engaging. Mm -hmm. He wants to be with us. He pursues us every day. How is somebody that God, how is somebody that God pursues you? Oh, um, definitely like, um, just his architecture, like landscapes, views, skies, all different kinds of things. Yeah. And if you had to say, um, what does it mean for God to pursue you? Oh, gosh. Well, I think for me, like, that is the way that he gets my attention. Uh -huh. So the first time I recognized that, I was actually in Chicago at the Great Lakes with my parents. And I, they just took me to the lakes. I'd never been there. And so that was the, and I was standing on like broken rocks that were not even pretty. It literally looked like some, there was a bridge and somebody just destroyed the bridge and I climbed up on it and was looking at the lake. And, um, although ugly, I was looking out and seeing something beautiful and I just kind of knew that God knew that I would be there when uh -huh. he created that, looking at that. Um, and so that was the first time that it clicked. And then now it's easy, like, it's easy for him to get my attention by that. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for, that's a beautiful way to describe God's pursuit of us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I really believe God is captivated by us and desires for us to be captivated by him. And um, and so that's a beautiful way to describe that. So um, thanks for hanging out with me today. Um, Jen is one of my best friends, and I love having her be a part of my life. And so uh, really, if you guys have... If, if the Lord is speaking to you at all to support their ministry, don't forget to go on Instagram and follow them or Facebook and follow yes. Pure Missions on Instagram and Facebook because it'll she'll keep you up with all of the shenanigans that are going on in her life and all the ways <laughs> that God are, all the ways God uses her. Um, so uh, again, thanks for joining me on the He Doesn't Waste a Thing podcast. As you know, uh, I bring you interviews with amazing and interesting people, and all of Jen's information will be in the show notes. And so I just want to tie this all up with the three favors that I ask every time I do this. First of all, if you're a new listener, would you hit that subscribe button so that every new episode of my podcast is in your feed and ready to go? Second of all, would you go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating that kind of helps us bubble up to the top? And finally, and maybe most importantly to me, would you share our podcast? If you enjoy the podcast at all, would you share it with your friends and invite them uh, to, to come and give it a listen and subscribe maybe uh, so that they can hear it? Because you know what? I think the world deserves to be exposed to God's greatness that he puts in people. And uh, those people get to come into my life. So um, until we meet again, remember, he doesn't waste a thing.